1: FM Talk Podcast.
2: Welcome into Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. I'm Mark Cox, along with my co-host Bo Matthews and producer Carl Middleman. Hi. Yeah, good to get uh, everybody together again because there has been no shortage of uh, things to talk about this past week uh, dealing with, uh, boy, uh, the, the shooting, shootings, I guess I should say plural, right? Because of some of the Definitely. problems uh, that, uh, that we've seen, uh, no doubt about that. And uh, the crime news here. Uh, in town because um the, because of course the um we we had the shooting bow down at the Cinco de mayo festival in South St Louis
3: that was one of them
2: the, and and the and they very publicly put up pictures of two people drawing weapons out of their waistband and brandishing them around right and yeah, p- then yeah. shooting two people in the leg apparently uh and then we find out this week that there were no charges filed against the lady they arrested.
3: Uh, and yeah, custody. and released her back into society, which is uh, is frightening, and that's a great reason to uh, maybe get a little familiar with a concealed carry yourself, uh, because I've I had this thought, Mark, uh, that you know when we can get the guns out of the bad guys' hands, right? Mm, th- then it moves the the needle down the road, but nobody in that in the culture there is is abiding by gun laws. I mean, they're wielding them and. Being, being arrested and then being released, that's a frightening thing. What's this person doing today?
2: Well, uh, here's the thing. If you you went through a concealed carry course, I've been through a concealed carry course, one thing you learn, uh, the prosecutor's office said they didn't have enough evidence to charge them, right? <laughs> th- think think back to the picture of the McCloskeys on their front yard. I
3: th- I thought the same <laughs> thing this week, man.
2: Right? Ugh they were on their property. They didn't shoot anybody. They were defending their property, which the Castle Doctrine gives them the right to do. Versus this picture, where you got two people with weapons drawn. Remember the McCloskey video? When that that photo went viral. Um, brandishing, which is against the law. You can't, you can't threaten somebody with a gun by waving it at them. And then they actually pointed at somebody and pulled the trigger. And yet our circuit attorney can't find a reason to charge or hold these criminal defendants because they claim they couldn't find a victim or somebody was willing to press charges. They know who got shot. They know where the shots came from. Ballistics would prove that. Uh, Why can't there be charges in this case? It's part and parcel of why Kim Gardner has single-handedly destroyed criminal justice in the city of St. Louis.
3: It's uh, it's absolutely frightening to know that this person uh, on Cinco de Mayo is is doing what they did and they're back on the street. Um, obviously, you know, able to get a firearm whenever they want, legally or unlegally. Um, it 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 is it's scary, uh, especially when people are out partying, they're celebrating, and something like this happens. You know, only if they had photographic evidence to prove, but you know, nobody wants to believe a photo or video. When it comes to uh, something like this, at least nobody from the uh, the uh, circuit attorney's office, which I I just don't know how they can look anybody in the in the face and and say these words and saying we don't have enough evidence. Uh, I just it can't compute in my brain, Mark. Joy, Joy
2: Reed is a host on MSNBC. I played the bite from her on my show earlier this week where she came out and said it's no longer safe to go to a mall in a red state. Because she's, of course, talking about um, these these mass shootings that have happened around the country, the most recent one at the mall in Texas. And interestingly enough, I did some math, some quick math uh, that that morning, and I looked up the shootings and death tolls in major metropolitan cities around the country, all of which are blue, not red, and all of which are run by a progressives who don't who defund the police and don't support law enforcement and there were somewhere on the par of 75 people shot with about 15 or 16 killed in these five or six major cities over the just last weekend so the wow. death toll that they ignore constantly goes on in the background while they're critical when a criminal takes a gun and points it which is the criminal action at another human being and fires it at a mall or they target somewhere like that the the, the point here is that Joy Reid doesn't want solutions other than banning guns. She doesn't want to look at the real reasons this is happening in blue cities across America and doesn't care a whole lot about uh, the, the Second Amendment. I, I've got a soundbite here, Carl, I'd like to go to first from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, he he is, of course, running for president as a Democrat, um, but the guy has been an anti-vaccine guy for a while and he's very suspicious of pharmaceuticals and the question they ask him is what's going on in america with all these mass shootings i don't know that i've heard a democrat point this out but i wanted to play this bite
1: nobody is looking at the pharmaceutical contribution to that, that you know that the, the anecdotally it appears that almost every one of these shooters were on sris or some other psychiatric drug and they you know this is only happening in america where all these people are, you know, are are taking these psychiatric drugs. We take four times as many as any other country in the West, an uh, average European country. So
2: I, I mean, he, he's he's right. Um, I, all of these people are on we on something. He referred specifically to Prozac in one of his bites, uh, sure. but maybe it's not Prozac. Maybe it's Adderall. Maybe maybe I I don't know what all it is. But there the difference between. Now and when you and I were in high school, when people would come to school with guns uh, in gun racks in the back window of their pickup truck, yep, nobody absolutely. got shot then.
3: Yeah, what's the difference? Uh, you know, uh, for being uh, you know one of the you know countries with the greatest healthcare system in the world, we have the most sick people on a bunch of different levels, and you know I, I know that medicines have helped people. You know for for decades, centuries, if you want to call it that. Um, But when it comes down to it, we don't know what we uh, learned in research. Like when we uh, captured the Nazi scientists and brought them back to America and, you know, and wanted to get more information about what they were doing, or the medical science that was being done in other, you know, countries like China, or whatever, They, they, you know, they were doing experiments. And now we have big pharma is, you know, is getting everybody, you know, when you call the doctor to, to make an appointment, it happens to me anyway, even the dentist, they say, please bring along a list of your medications. I'm like, I'm not on any medications. Am, am I the the oddball out? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I do want to point out though, you just played the Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. soundbite. I, I did some research because his voice uh, stands out because there's something going on there. And I, I looked into it and if, if anybody hasn't looked into it, it's spasmodic dysphonia, and it's a specific form of involuntary movement disorder because people are like, well, well this guy can't run. He can't even talk, but he, he's he got it together. It's just a, a, a condition that he has. It's yeah, well,
2: I up. mean, politically, I disagree with him on a lot of different positions, but it's been sure, interesting. It's been interesting that the mainstream uh, that the conservative media has had him on more than the mainstream media um, because of his position on vaccines and Uh, Maybe now because of uh, his his take on these these shootings. You know, this week uh, Carrie Lake, who ran for governor down in Arizona, was on with Pierce Morgan. I don't often watch Pierce Morgan, but this one caught my attention because he's British and he was trying to make the argument to her about the the problems with the Second Amendment and what she thinks the solution is. And she she referred she talked to him. From the standpoint of being a mother and how traumatized she is by what's going on as well,
4: listen. And we have a Second Amendment. It's it's a God-given right. Mm. It's in our Constitution. Do you think the we, founding we, fathers, wait, though, wait, wait, would, would, we, would they have been comfortable, threw, Carrie? Off- would the
0: founding fathers have been
2: comfortable watching this absolutely never-ending series of mass shootings? Would they have thought that was what they meant by the Second Amendment? The found- or would they have looked to perhaps to tailor it? To the founding times.
4: fathers would have never been okay with what they're seeing right now, which is tyranny on our land once again. Mm-hmm. And the Second Amendment was put in place. We already pushed back the tyrants once, and we didn't give up. We clung to our, our guns. Who's the tyranny from? The tyranny was from the monarchy. We no, but now. Back. And now we're seeing an overreaching government. We're seeing a lying media lying to us, taking our livelihoods away with COVID restrictions mm. and imposing all of that on our children and on our families and on our education. And we don't want to have to throw back the tyrants again. But they put that in place to pre- prevent us from having to do that to protect us.
2: You know, Bo, when I watched the coronation, a little bit of it from last weekend, that's the thought that's stuck in my mind pretty close to first, as I saw the crown being put on Prince Charles' head, is that, now King Charles, is that this was the first reason for the Second Amendment.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't understand. I mean, I I just, I know a lot of people were watching. I watched a little bit of, actually, I tuned in just as they were putting the crown on uh, the king's head. I, I just, I don't get it, all the pomp and circumstance. I just it doesn't do anything for me they don't really have power right I, uh, right no not 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 effectively um uh, but
2: but uh, to to her point about the the reason that we have the second amendment and uh, i th- i thought it was a good one it, it, that cannot that's like megan kelly said in a tweet this past week for the, all the people that want to ban guns you need to move on we know you hate the second amendment but you you're not going to remove that from the constitution any easier than you are Uh, The First Amendment. And you need to look at what the solutions are to this problem. It's it's mental health. Right. And it's making sure people like this guy in Texas who've been kicked out of the military for being nuts shouldn't have had access to weapons.
3: Yeah, this is. But you got to pay attention, though, because this is the slow boil of the frog in the pot. And, you know, they're just they're they're making little moves here and there. They're getting a narrative pushed out there to, you know, to law abiding gun owners. To, you know, understand that someday we will be coming for them, I, I don't think it's possible, but that slow roll of that water boiling, <laughs> man, you just feel it every day, and it started back in COVID, I'm, you know, came in hot. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure that's a fight they want uh, to, to, to be honest, but, you know, there's a group in Colorado that just came right out and said it the other day, it's a group of moms that got together and said, we want to ban all weapons, they're pushing the governor of Colorado to to ban all weapons and offer to buy back uh, the ones that are out there. I'm like, you know what? I didn't buy my gun from the government, and I'm not
3: selling it back to the government. Well, uh, if they're paying $400 for a toilet, um, (laughs) $10,000 for this uh, 22, might uh, go. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah, it's just a weird time, especially when you see what happens on the streets of major cities, including St. Louis. True. Um, The idea of having to give up your firearm, knowing that the criminals and the the, the I mean the, the the violent criminals are are still armed. There ain't no way. It, it's just, it's a, it's a frightening it, it, thought. It really it truly is, is. It really is.
2: You know, uh, but I wanted to mention here real quick, uh, I had an opportunity to go out to the range, uh, who's, who's one of the sponsors of my show, the range St. Louis West and yeah. do a tactical triage and treatment class. And the instructor, Rob Morton, uh, just did a great, just did a fantastic job. He's a retired uh, master sergeant and a combat medic. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just about treating gunshot wounds it was about if you roll up on the scene of a bad accident sure. and you've got people with you know severe trauma and and the and the difference between their them living or dying might be the Five or ten minutes it takes an ambulance to get there, and if you've got the right tools with you—a tourniquet and some other stuff used to stop bleeding—and a little bit of training, you have the which I believe I now have after this four-hour class. It gives you the opportunity to potentially save someone's life in a traumatic situation. They they, they teach you what you can do. They teach you about situational awareness, and they teach you about the limits of what you can't do. It's not about uh, going in for this would be a 40-hour class if they were teaching you sure. everything but it's about teaching you how to put on a tourniquet where to put it uh, what to look for um when you roll up on something like that i i just can't say enough about the class if people
3: have an opportunity why is that not uh criteria in in high school why isn't everybody <laughs> yeah. going through that that would be awesome i mean look what how the father was able to save his daughter's life that was hit in the uh, car accident downtown uh, he saved her life because he had military medical training yeah and I would love to see this as a as a prerequisite for uh, graduating high school, uh, or or even younger, maybe middle school.
2: I, I, well, certainly high school. I think uh, it would be good for everybody to have that basic. because, you know, if you can, if you have a necktie on and you roll up on something like that, you can use that as an improvised tourniquet if you know how to do it. It's simple things like that that they they teach people. Hey, coming up uh, in just a few minutes here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, if you love shooting, if you love sports shooting, uh, trap, skeet, and all of that, there's a great event the the, uh, Eureka Chamber's having. It's a sporting clay shoot that's coming up, and yours truly and Mr. Bo Matthews are both going to be down there. You can test your skills against us. And uh, that ought to be an easy win for you, generally
3: speaking. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'll, you'll at least beat me. And ironically, it is the day after my anniversary, so I'm in oh, the clear. You're good. You're good to go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, stick around. we got a whole lot more on Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors right here. it is second amendment radio in the great outdoors i'm bill matthews this segment is brought to you by razorback armory reminding you roses for mama are ideal and sig Sauer has a rose gun training kit and it's it's designed for women but anybody can buy it Beautifully roses engraved in the handle, some beautiful rose-colored metal on it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's available at Razorback Armory. Call them, get a hold of them, go to the store, find out their address, and learn more at uh, RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you. All right, old friend of mine, uh, old chiropractor of mine, actually, uh, is into the shooting sports. And uh, he is part of the group that's putting on the Eureka Chamber of Commerce sporting clay shoot Friday, May 19th. And we are looking for shooters. That is the main thing. It's a fundraiser, and we would love to have you involved. Doc Fader, Dr. Patrick Fader, is our guest because uh, you were part of the group putting this thing on. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bo. How are you doing? i'm doing good i'm doing good um you know we're excited about this event coming up i'm excited because i've been once recently with mark cox and uh i got what i got 31 out of 100 that was terrible um but but i'm willing to show up and so i posted on facebook doc that uh hey show up anyway because at least you'll beat me um tell us about this event uh, that's coming up and how to sign up
5: yeah no it's a great uh, it's gonna be a great event uh You can sign up at uh, EurekaChamber.org or you can call Chris at our chamber office and that's uh, 636-938-6062. But yeah, as you said, it's going to be Friday, May uh, May 19th. It'll be out at the St. Louis Skeet and Trap Club out there in Pacific. If you know where the uh, Pacific prison is, just across the tracks there. Um, Check-in will be at 11 a.m. We'll have uh, barbecue. Um, We're doing um, sporting clays. So if you did a Thirty-one out of hundred. There's a little bit of room for improvement there, as uh, oh, as we all I have. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, you get above fifty, I think that's pretty solid. But uh, yeah, Clays is tough. It's a it's a tough deal. So um, we're also having a raffle. We're going to raffle off a couple a uh, couple guns: a twenty-two caliber Henry Golden Boy rifle and a Mossberg twelve gauge shotgun. Um, that would be good. Dinner and drinks are included. Hundred dollars a shooter. Um, that's... If you guys, if oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I was gonna say a hundred dollars a shooter if you've got uh if you got a shotgun, obviously bring it. You don't have to be a uh shotgunner to uh to participate. They will have some rental guns, but um those will be kinda of limited and uh, they will have um ammunition out there that you can purchase, uh, but that'll be kinda of limited too. So if you've got that, uh that'll be great.
2: So um, so just based on watching Bo shoot the last time he was out there, do you do you have a program where you provide chiropractic care to people when they're done dislodging their shoulder blades?
5: Yeah, that would help. They probably ought to do it beforehand so he can shoot straighter, I guess.
2: Oh, my goodness. You need an alignment, Bo. Did you hear that? Dr. Fader says you need an alignment.
3: Oh, that's easy. And what I learned last week on the program was I just have to complain about the wind, right? (laughs)
5: The wind, the size of the clay birds, you know, the fact that it's bouncing along the ground for the rabbit station. I mean, there's all kinds of excuses. Sun, sweat, anything. Use whatever you can.
2: Dr. Fader, we've talked about it before, but but sporting clays are are a, a unique challenge, even for somebody who's shot skeet or trap. Uh, it's still a different kind of beast because you're never quite sure what you're up against, and uh, it's enough to throw even the best shooter off.
5: Yeah, oh, my gosh. So I'm mainly a quail and pheasant guy, um, but they have, and a little bit of dove, but uh, they've got rabbit station, they've got springing teal, they've got uh, um, other kind of duck stations that, that come in. So they're trying to simulate the different types of uh, winged birds that'll, uh, that you'll, you'll encounter out in the field, and it's a lot of fun. It's challenging um it uh it makes it makes you a better shooter for sure out in the field if you're a hunter and if you're not it's just a good it's just a really good time and yeah you can laugh now, i mean it's yeah
3: now let me let me ask you doc fader um is this a hundred shot uh game or is this 50 this time <laughs> it's a hundred shots it'll be a hundred shots <laughs> if it was, okay if okay
5: 50, 31 out of 50 would be good for you bo
3: yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome, uh, um, and we really want to encourage people to do this. Maybe you've had a a, a, a sports shooting gun, uh, shotgun for a long time. Maybe it's been in the closet or your safe or whatever, and you haven't had it out in a while. It's really going to be fun, and you don't have to be a member uh, to be at this event, correct? No, not at all. St. Louis Keaton
5: Trap is awesome. You don't have to be a member to go out there and uh, shoot. Members do get a little bit of a discount break on the regular day, but um, yeah, it's it's a great great location they've got a lot of stuff they got five stand out there uh, they got skeet and trap uh as well and there, there's a bunch of good shooters out there lindenwood college shoots out there on occasion it's uh, it's a pretty yeah. cool place
2: yeah, yeah i shot i shot five stand last week for the first time ever I, i'd done something similar years ago uh but i shot five stand last week and again uh, I was humbled by it. it it's uh, you know, you you got uh, true pairs flying like like skeet. You've got you know uh, yeah. shoot one and then report on 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 the shoot as as they hear the shotgun go off. They fire the second one, um, and and there's all different combinations. It it was uh, the the best thing about it was getting to have a cold beer at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs>
5: We'll have plenty of cold beer at the end of this one, too. Just not before, but uh, plenty of it afterwards. I want to barbecue, too. I think Chris is going to
3: be, uh, you know, lighting up the grill and queuing it up. So it'll be a good time. That's great. Doc Vader, uh, he's with a Comprehensive Chiropractic out in Eureka. I've known him for many years. And uh, uh, I have to ask, uh, when was the first time you had a shotgun in your hand, and who was responsible for getting you into the shooting sports?
5: Oh, man. Um, I want to say I carried a. It's funny I, I followed my dad, and my grandfather around for years uh, when they were quail hunters, or big quail hunters, and um, I carry a stick around mimicking the the shotgun
0: oh. because
5: dad wanted us to practice uh, practice gun safety. And then so it was my dad, my grandfather really got me into it. And, uh, you know, lifelong uh, bird hunters and just love it. Unfortunately, we got to drive all the way out to Kansas to find anything uh, that's any uh, any good. In the, bird population in uh, Missouri has dwindled so uh, so much lately but um, yeah they're the ones that were responsible for it had a great uh, great time my dad taught us gun safety my brother and I can remember it both of us remember it like it was yesterday and um he took what a, a tin can after we yeah and we he took a tin can I think it was a bush can that somebody pitched off on the side of the road and he goes boys a gun's a very it's a very powerful weapon you got to treat it with respect and he continued to he he pulled the trigger and blew this can to smithereens and ever since then we've respected it and um mm-hmm. just had a great time doing it. So and we pass that on to our boys too. It's uh and and our daughters as well. So yeah, it's it, uh it's awesome.
2: Any thoughts on how that's changed over the years, Doc? Because we you know, these days People don't seem to be as educated about it. You can have conversations with a lot of people who will tell you, I've never fired a gun, I've never held a gun. And I think that the, a lot of the folks that do that, and that's fine, that's their choice, they, they end up with an with un, unnecessary fears about a gun. Mm-hmm. Because everybody I know who shoots and who was brought up with a healthy respect for it uh, understands that. And, and if you haven't, I don't think you, you do. You can't
5: yeah that's a that's a good point i think that's uh um you know with uh, the same thing we have with society you know we have people that uh oh those people do this those people do that politically or otherwise and um when you get to know'em you uh you realize there's uh, they're just like you and and they've got a lot of the same uh wants and desires and and uh, very similar and same thing with a gun you know your familiarity with it um really helps you understand it you may not you may choose not to to have one or own one or But uh, just understand how they operate, what they do, and um, that they they can be handled safely is a is a huge, huge deal. So, how'd you like that? I think it's outstanding. I put society society and uh, some of our societal woes with uh, gun and gun safety and (laughs) understanding that. I like it. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, before uh, uh, I went out and met Mark out at the St. Louis Trap and Skeet, uh, they the, I just was told over and over, it's like golf with shotguns, and when I got out there, uh, it had been a long time, a few years since I'd uh, done any kind of trap shooting at all, and it, it really is uh, the design of the team that you have. Uh, because these teams on this event uh, register up to five shooters, or you can register individually and they'll put you on a team, but it really does feel like golf. I mean, we were talking business. We were talking politics. We were just talking and enjoying the day, and we hope that the weather's going to be great on the uh, 19th. It's a Friday. Again, we really urge you, if if you enjoy golf um, and you have a shotgun and you know that that, that culture that's around that, it's just a, a great time because it's, you know, camaraderie. It's, you know, we're trying to trying to you know accomplish something but you're enjoying the conversation the people around you so I, I just really enjoy the culture out there they do a great job oh they really do yeah and it's a great networking event thanks for bringing that up it's
5: uh getting to know uh fellow businessmen and women around uh around eureka around the community um, and not just eureka because we're the chamber of commerce is drawn from uh far outside of uh just eureka itself oh, so yeah great networking event and ne- great networking opportunity as well just like golf
2: Yep, look, looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. I I did, had had a great time the last time I went, and I'm sure that Bo has greatly improved now. So as a team member, we can we can depend on him a little more, right, Bo?
3: I, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I, did,
2: I didn't do any better than Bo did the last time. So no, I, I don't I'm know not about that.
3: To talk. No, <laughs> uh, actually, Doc, when's the last time you were out there to shoot hundred rounds, and how? What was your number? So
5: it's been uh, the last time I was out. It was freezing cold, and I was in the fifties. But uh, kind of my best is right, yeah, sixty, <laughs> mid to low sixties. It's my best. I feel pretty good about that. Some of those shooters are incredible, though. I mean, they, I mean, good golly, they'll they'll run a station or they'll shoot in the high eighties, nineties. It's incredible
3: watching them. Yeah, is it JB out there? That's the pro guy that, yes. that we talked to, yep. Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you say, 90 out of 100 or something like that? I'm like, well, I have a goal. I have a goal.
2: <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Uh, Dr. Patrick I, Fader, listen, it's uh, uh looking forward to uh, to spending some time with you next Friday, the 19th.
3: That sounds fantastic, you guys. Really appreciate you having us on. All right. Cha- uh, Eureka Chamber of Commerce uh, Facebook page. You can go in there for more information. Get signed up on their website, EurekaChamberOfCommerce.org, I believe it is. Is that right, Doc? EurekaChamber.org, yep. You're you really gotta look up Auto Eureka okay.
5: Chamber. Yeah, look up Eureka Chamber Mo if you're doing Google, but because uh, there's a lot of Eureka's around the country, you don't want to okay. go out to California and, and uh, there
3: won't be any guns out there. So,
5: <laughs> yeah, that's oh yeah, true. <laughs> that's yeah, <really>. the
1: truth. <laughs> oh man,
3: <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that slipped out. All right. Well, Doc, we'll uh, see you next week. Thank you very much again. Uh, we're only a few days away from this event, so sign up and uh, maybe get a get a hold of a friend of yours, or maybe you want to bring your wife out to it. whatever the case is. We'd love to have you out at this event. It's a, a great fundraising opportunity, and as he, me- as he mentioned, just like our poker bash, we got a raffle for a Henry Golden Boy 22 rifle and a Mossberg 12 gauge shotgun. So that might uh, pique your interest as well. Good right. stuff.
2: Hey, uh, coming up, uh, if you enjoy, if you've never been to a a war reenactment, you you you're in for a treat. Uh, you've got an opportunity coming up out at uh, Jefferson Barracks. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, when we return in a few minutes. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox in here along with Bo Matthews uh, and Carl Middleman. Hello. And we are talking about something. Bo asked me in the break, have you have you ever experienced one of these uh, reenactments, uh, war reenactments before? And I said about 20 years ago. And I, all I remember is that it was 100 degrees outside. And and the the guys and gals taking part in it were in costume for the period with the heavy wool, and I mean, it was, I couldn't believe that they were not passing out from the heat. It was so hot. But you have an opportunity coming up at Jefferson Barracks uh, next weekend, and it should just be awesome. We've got Thomas Hoff with us right now, Cultural Site Manager for St. Louis County Parks at Jefferson Barracks, to talk more about bitter conflicts at Jefferson Historic Sites, taking place next Saturday. Thomas, welcome in. Thank you. Uh, Happy to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you in. Um, so it, it, uh, you know before we get into the details of the actual event, the people who participate in these things truly have a commitment to reenact history, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Um,
6: we've, I, I've been in the reenacting community since 1984, and uh, you'll find some amazingly qualified people working. I hesitate to use the word amateur historians because for a lot of marine actors, their uh, research and reference skills are outstanding and on par with people who are working in academia.
2: Wow.
3: It is absolutely respectable that they do this, because, you know, every time we turn around, uh, history is, uh, you know, being squashed here and there. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to the vehicles, the uniforms, as uh, Mark mentioned, um, the, the weapons, it is so... Uh, It's so precise, and I've been to some gun shows, some uh, historic gun shows for just shows, not sale, Um, and the artifacts that are from these wars are still here, and it's a great way to teach your family. And this is the reason we're having you on, Thomas, is because the show is Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. This is just another opportunity to get outdoors. Now, I'd like to start with, uh, Thomas, uh, the name of this event is called Bitter Conflicts. Can you explain the origin of the name?
6: It's it's almost kind of a play on words. What we had kicked around doing was having an event uh, that would be a little bit different from our usual living history events here. Uh, make it a little bit more adult-orientated. Uh, maybe try to bring in some of the uh, local microbreweries uh, and uh, expand what we were doing. So we were originally thinking of things like, you know, beers, battles, and barracks, things along those lines. But uh, since bitter is a uh, beer style and bitter also refers to, you know, bitter conflict, uh, we thought we'd kind of punt it up a little bit with the name and make it bitter conflicts. I
2: got it. Wow. So, so can we assume then that is it, is it period related? I mean, is it, is it, does it civil war or does it, is it more conflicts?
6: What we're actually doing is we're doing a timeline of the American soldier, and there will be reenactors here um, giving a look into the American Revolution all the way up through the Vietnam War.
3: That's cool. So, so uh, when people are showing up, it's a free event, by the way, for your whole family or your friends. You want to come out. Um, but when people are there, what are they going to be doing? Are they just going to be standing on the sidelines and watching, inst- you know, like battles, or or how how? What are people? Should they expect to, when they come out?
6: Well, we're not going to be doing any battles this year at this event. Um, there will be some demonstration of how weapon systems work. Um, and, and other equipment that was used by the soldiers would work. Um, our big battle is usually we do that at World War II weekend, which was last weekend. Uh, what they'll be here is a uh, literally a line of encampments for each different period. You can see how the soldiers lived, uh, what they fought with, what equipment they had, how food uh, was served, what sort of food, things along these lines. Um, at each site And uh, you'll be able to walk along Starting from the American Revolution uh, Going into the War of 1812 And the Mexican-American War And so on and so
2: on uh, And and get an insight Into what the American soldiers has done Wow Thomas Hoff is our guest uh, Cultural site manager St. Louis County Parks At uh, Jefferson Barracks And you know I made a little reference To this off the top uh, The people that I was thinking about 20 years ago when I met them uh, the weather is still pretty good in the spring, but if you're if you're dressing true to form for a lot of these uniforms, they were heavy wool, uh, hot, uh, e- even right down to the undergarments. Correct?
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there 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 are advantages to using wool for the construction of military uniforms. It, it holds up better than say cotton, um, and it breathes well. If, if it needs to, if, you know, wool trousers can actually be more comfortable than a pair of blue jeans on a hot August day because you'll you'll get better airflow than you would with blue jeans with the tight weave <laughs> of the material. So it still gets hot. <laughs> I'm not denying that point at all. But there were a lot of reasons why uh, militaries were using wool, uh, as the basis for their uniforms, uh, until, uh, later changes to, to different, different fabrics. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a little warm for some of our reenactors, but I'm sure they're all going to survive well.
3: Thomas, uh, I have to ask, uh, did you serve in the military? yourself? Uh, I
6: was in ROTC in college, and uh, then I took a leave when I was 21 years old to become a police officer, and then I went back to school after that and finished up, but did not go back in the ROTC.
3: Well, you know what? I'll thank you for your service uh, to your community as well. Um, When when it comes to uh, the accuracy of what uh, people are going to see out there, do your reenactors Make sure they do they keep people on point, like, hey, that's that's out of place, that pin shouldn't be there, it should be over there, anything like that, as far as you know, keeping track with the authenticity of it.
6: Oh, absolutely. Uh, One of the things we're doing with the reenactment units that we have here, uh, it's not a free for all where we've invited everybody, we have um, curated what units we want to be here, and uh, that is based on their professionalism. Uh, their sticking to authenticity, uh, their ability to communicate with the public. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a whole series of criteria. Um, one of the things I, I learned years ago uh, from the National Park Service was the importance of vetting who you have doing living history. And uh, the NPS was very good at only you know, collecting a few select units to use for War of 1812 events is, you know, effectively their camera company and uh, to steal a term from the film, film industry. And we're trying to do the same thing here. The
2: people we have here are uh, the best people we could find for it. Well, I mean, I think that's great to tell folks where they can go uh, online. What's the website to find out more details? Because it's next Saturday, the 20th.
6: Right, well right now if you go to uh our our big presence what we really tend to use is Facebook. Okay. And if you go to the St. Louis County pay, St. Louis County Parks page, uh there'll be information there. There'll also be information on the page for Jefferson Barracks historic site and uh everything should be on uh those pages that you would need to need to know. And we're, right. for those of you who aren't accessing uh, the Internet, uh, we're, if you set your GPS for 345 North Road in uh, well, LeMay or St. Louis, um, that's going to take you right to with the site we're using for the, uh, the timeline.
3: Again, we want to mention that this is an event that is free. Um, in your experience, you said you've been around the reenacting community for a long time. Do you find uh, any like healing uh, for former military or family of former military when they come out and see these things?
6: Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I think for um, a lot of people, um, they'll come out and they'll see stuff that they can personally relate to, and it gives them a good sense of being. One of the things we did uh, doctrinally with the museum here is we used to only go to 1946, and now we go up to the present. And I have found that, like, veterans of Desert Storm and and conflicts like that really appreciate seeing their material in the museum. Uh, When we ran our first Vietnam Living History Weekend, oh gosh, four or five years ago now, uh, we had a lot of Vietnam vets that were out, and they truly appreciated the fact that there was a younger generation that was fascinated with what they were doing, what they had d- done, and were trying to replicate it. And I think they got, they got a good sense of satisfaction out of that. And I know it gives people an opportunity to sometimes to bring their, like, their grandchildren out and say, you know, this is what I did. You can see right. what I lived with. And, and they find that, you know, to be constructive as well.
2: Yeah, uh, it's a very cool experience <clears throat> for people that haven't done it. I hope they check it out next Saturday, May 20th, uh, down at the uh, historical site there at Jefferson Barracks. Thomas Hoff, thank you for your time.
6: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for thinking of us and, and including us in this program.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. Good, good to get him yep, on
1: here.
6: <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Like I said, thanks for thinking of us and including us. And if there's ever anything we can do for you guys in the future, uh, let us know. I mean, if, uh, you know, Mark needs some historical research done for something or a story, you know, we're here.
2: Excellent. That's great. You. If you haven't been down there, if you've if you got kids that are, uh, you know, into uh, uh, Call of Duty or something like that, I mean, there's cool. going to be something there for a lot of
3: people, right? Gosh, that's a good question. Are there are there like video games or PlayStation or whatever that that does the reenacting? I don't. You know, I
2: don't, I mean, you're reenacting it by playing it. In many cases, uh, I've seen ones for the Old West. Uh, I would assume they have. Ooh. I would assume they have them for different uh, conflicts as well. But uh, that's wow. uh, not uh, not my area of expertise for sure. My son played yeah. Call of Duty for a while. He tried to give me the controller one time to let me play against him, and I would end up walking in circles, and he'd just shoot me. <laughs> So, it was
3: worth it. Hitting the A button doesn't feel like pulling a trigger. Does no, it? no, it doesn't.
2: Not at not at all. I couldn't I could not shoot and walk at the same time. For sure.
3: Well, dang. <laughs> we got the uh, we got next weekend booked up for you guys. Friday, the uh, the, the shooting uh, sporting clay shoot event uh, for the Eureka Chamber of Commerce. And Saturday get you out to Jefferson Barracks. Wow, that sounds like a complete weekend. You can I sleep on Sunday.
2: Got it. Yeah, save Sunday for the sleep. It ought to be fantastic. All right. That'll uh, do it for this edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Have a great weekend.
3: See ya, boys.